0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We've been in a great series called Finding Normal, and we've talked about the journey of the children of Israel, and we've seen the faithful hand of God lead them every step of the way. Well, today, we're going to finish this series. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 17, Exodus chapter 17. The title of the message today is simply this, Fighting for Your Future. Come on, somebody say, Fighting for My Future. There is a battle that we will fight as we move forward into our future. Read with me in Exodus 17, starting with verse 8. The Bible says this, While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim. Now, Now, let me stop right here and remind you where we left them. You know, Rephidim is a, it was a place in the wilderness that meant refreshing. And remember, there was no water at this camp. And so the people began to complain. They actually put God on trial. And remember what his solution was. He told Moses to take the staff and to strike the rock. And the crushing of that rock, which was symbolic of Jesus, then ushered forth a river of refreshment to the people. Here they are. They're still at Rephidim. Now notice what the Bible says. Bible says, while at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, "Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I'll stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand." So Joshua did what Moses had commanded, and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Now, let me stop right here and and bring out a couple of thoughts. Notice who the aggressor is in this conflict. The aggressor is the Amalekites, In fact, a little study of of the Amalekites, they were kind of the bullies of the wilderness of Sinai. I mean, they're actually picking a fight with the Israelites. I mean, here, the, the Israelites had just taken a drink of water. It's almost like, hey, we went to the water fountain to catch a little hydration. You know, can we at least catch a little break? You know, how many of you have ever wondered... Lord, can, can I just catch a break every now and then? It seems like one challenge follows another challenge. You know, one battle leads to another battle. God, can we catch our breath? Uh, Israel wasn't looking for trouble. They were looking for refreshment. After they received water from a rock, they came under attack from the Amalekites. Now, I think it's important to remember. Remember whenever uh, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. The Bible says that God caused the Egyptians to look so favorably upon the Israelites that they gave them gold and silver And all these fine clothes. I mean, as Israel left Egypt, they stripped Egypt of its wealth. I thought about this. When there's a blessing on your life, there's a target on your back. I want you to think about this. When you have a blessing on your life, the Israelites had walked away with the wealth of Egypt the amalekites see that wealth and so they're going to attack israel to get it when there's a blessing on your life there'll be a target on your back now i want to tell you this the greater the blessing the bigger the target some of you wonder why am i coming under such Attack. Maybe it's because your life is marked with such blessing and with favor. You know, you have something of value that the enemy wants to steal. You you have a call. You have a purpose. You have the peace of Jesus. You are blessed in every way, and the enemy can't stand it. And here we see the Israelites who have been held in the sovereign hand of God every step of the way. They got food from heaven. They got water from a rock. They've got the wealth of Egypt. I mean, if that doesn't say blessing, I don't know what does. Sometimes we come under attack because of the favor that rests upon us. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down this first thought. Number one, the battle will find you. The battle's going to find you. It's going to come to you. You won't have to go looking for a battle. If you're faithfully walking with God opposition will find you. You're gonna come under attack and sometimes it's gonna come out of nowhere. It's gonna feel like a surprise attack. I mean, your, your health, is going to come under attack. Some of you are battling sickness in your body right now. Your marriage will come under pressure. Some of you are facing some things in a relationship. You know, your kids, I mean, out of nowhere, there'll be a problem, a a crisis. Maybe some of you are under attack financially. You didn't see it coming, but it's like the rug was pulled right out from under you. Relationships, loss, loneliness, attack comes from every direction, and it doesn't always make an announcement. Sometimes it just shows up. Up. You know, I thought this to be true, and uh, it, it's interesting. I was kind of replaying a little bit of my journey. I remember being in middle school, and I got the idea that I wanted to try out for football, and so I I signed up to play. And I was probably what seventh grade, maybe eighth grade at best. And the very first day of football practice was rough. And I came home that afternoon, and my dad said, "Well, son, how was practice?" I said, "Dad, I'm quitting." He said, quitting? Why? You can't quit. It's just day one. I said, dad, they tackled me and it hurt. I'll never forget what my dad said. He said, son, come here. If you sign up to play football, you better be ready to get hit. Hitting is a part of the game. And and, and hear me, church, I want you to know this. If you name the name of Jesus and you've signed up to be on God's team, opposition is going to hit you. I mean, living a godly life in a godless society is going to guarantee some battles. Are you with me today? Come on, somebody. Can I have a good amen? Listen, when we sign up for this thing, we better be ready to get hit. The Israelites are being hit by the Amalekites. I'm discovering this, that, that our journey with God will be marked with pain, with problems, with enemies, and obstacles. Can I say that again? Your journey will be marked with pain, problems, enemies, and obstacles. <laughs> Some of you are saying, Mike, I came to church to be encouraged. Can you at least be a little more positive? Okay, Let me say it this way I am positive that your journey will be marked with pain, problems, enemies, and obstacles. It is a part of the experience. We can't avoid it. We can't escape it. We we try not to create it, but it's here. You know, Rachel and I were talking about this the other day. Michaela, our, our middle daughter, she is graduating from high school, the class of 2020. Isn't that amazing? the graduating class of 2020. And we were reminded of her journey. You know, Michaela was born in the aftermath of 9-11. She started primary school during Hurricane Katrina. She started high school during the great flood of 2016. And now she's graduating from high school in the pandemic of 2020. Uh, how many of you know, man, there, there are going to be issues everywhere, every season, every chapter. It's going to have its challenges. Our life may be marked by pain, but I tell you this, you can look back at every challenge and every obstacle and you can see the faithfulness of God. And then notice this, you know, up until this point, God has done everything. For the Israelites. I mean, they haven't had to even lift a finger. The, the, the 10 plagues, the 10 miraculous signs that God did in Egypt, God did all of that. The Israelites just watched. When they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, They didn't lift a finger. God was the one who did all the heavy lifting. He parted the sea and and gave them safe travel into a new territory. They looked over their shoulder. They see the waters collapse and swallow Pharaoh and all of his army. In the wilderness, they get hungry. And so what does God do? Again, the Israelites do nothing. But God himself will bring food down from heaven. And even at Rephidim, they're thirsty. And God says, okay, water from a rock. You see, they didn't have to do a single thing. This, to me, is a picture of salvation. You know, salvation is not something we earn. It's not something that we deserve. We don't work our way into right standing with God. God did all the work. In fact, the only thing we contribute to our salvation is the sin that makes it necessary. God did all this he did all the sacrificing and 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 he, he didn't made all the provision he, he did everything all we simply do is trust just like the Israelites but here we see things beginning to change now God is telling the Israelites I want you to go get your weapons I want you to armor up I know you didn't choose this battle listen we we, we don't work for salvation but we work from salvation. There's a work to be done. When we receive grace and mercy, then we are enlisted into battle. Now, I want to recognize this as well. Uh, Let me just say this to encourage us. Stay true to your assignment. Notice what Moses tells Joshua. Uh, Moses says, hey, Joshua, I I want you to to select some men, get some warriors, and I want you to go down to the valley. While me and my boys, we're going to go up to the mountain. I want you to fight the Amalekites, and I'm going to come up here and I'm going to watch. Now, I read that again this week, and I thought, man, if I was Joshua, I'd be like, hey, Moses, time out. Can we, uh, can we talk about roles here? I mean, I'd much rather have your assignment. I'd rather chill on the hill. Come on, somebody. Won't you grab your sword? Won't you grab your weapon? Man, it's getting hot and heavy down there. How about you go down there and let me go up here? Uh, l- let me say this. When you compare yourself, when you compare your ability or your assignment to somebody else, oh, you can get discouraged very easily. You know, there are some Sundays we'll have church and I'll just be so excited about service. You know, I mean, man, worship was amazing. I felt great about the word. I man, we baptized 75 people. God, you were just doing amazing work. And then I can go home, I can get on my cell phone, start scrolling through social media and be like, oh, wow, we only baptized 75 people. They baptized like 750 people. Oh, wow, I thought my sermon was good. Listen to the, the sound bite of his. Oh, God, I'm terrible. We got to be careful that we stay true to our assignment. Your calling and your contribution are not the same as everybody else's. Joshua had a role to play and Moses had a role to play. Now look at what it says here in verse 11. Bible says as, as Moses is on the mountain, you got Joshua fighting Amalek in the valley. The scripture says this in verse 11. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage but whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Now we see what's happening in warfare. And we see two critical pieces that are necessary for victory. The second thought I want you to write down is this. Number two, keep prayer and praise before you. Keep prayer and And praise before you. Let me me see this staff real quick. I, I want you to see this picture. Because what's happening, what Moses is doing on the mountain. The Bible says that he took that staff, which was the rod of God. The Bible says as long as he held the staff up. Now notice this posture right here. This is a picture of two very powerful principles. This, first of all, is a picture of prayer. I mean, this is a posture of intercession. There's some conflict happening down in the valley. And yet Moses stands above and he's interceding on behalf of the people. He's going before God and he's petitioning the powers of heaven. I want you to know this. If you're in a battle right now, press into prayer. Oh, prayer is the lifeline. It's the source of your strength. Now, notice Moses wasn't the source, Moses was simply the channel. What they needed in the valley was strength. That didn't come from Moses, but it came through Moses. When you and I touch heaven in prayer, there's something that forms almost as a conduit to bring strength and sovereignty into our situation. This represents prayer. But this is also a picture of praise. I mean, think about it. This staff is symbolic of the cross. It's lifting up the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, prayer and praise are a powerful combination when it comes to battle. I mean, as, as we give God praise, not because of what we see, not because of how we feel, but as we lift him up because he's worthy. There's something that happens, that combination of prayer and praise. You know what it produces? Power. How many of you could use a little more power in your situation? If you need more power in the battle that you're fighting, then you begin to pray and seek God and lift up his name in praise. And then power will result. Now, what's fascinating to me is this. You know, there's a divine connection between what was going on on the mountain and then what was happening down in the valley. I want you to see those two realms were connected. There was a spiritual realm that was influencing a natural realm. In other words, what Moses was doing on the mountain was the barometer for the results in the valley. The Bible says that as long as he held his hands up, the children of Israel would prevail. But when his hands began to fall, then the tide began to turn. Let me say this. If we don't like what we see happening down here, we need to change our connection to up there. If you look around and you see defeat, I'm telling you, there's a spiritual realm that we can tap into. And through prayer and praise we can begin to see things shift. I sense this in my heart, even this week, and Rachel and I talked about this. There is a shift that's happening in the body of Christ. And as you and I begin to press into prayer and praise, that's supernatural, that's spiritual. As we dial into the spirit realm, we'll see things play out differently in the natural. Some of us are so consumed with the physical and what's going on around us, and God's trying to use this, story to help us lift our heads, keep prayer and praise before you. I want you to know if the devil can keep you in your feelings, he will win every time. But if you can put him in a realm of faith, you win every time. Victory hinges on our ability to create an atmosphere of faith. Now, notice what it says here in verse 12. The Bible, says, are, you, are you catching this? Oh, man, I, I wish I could see you. I wish I could hear you. I know some of you are shouting me down right now in your living room. I feel it. Glory, glory. <laughs> Verse 12. Look at what it says. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Watch this. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. The third thing I want you to see is this. Number three, you need good people around you. Now, notice it wasn't Moses the superstar making all this happen. It's interesting how even Moses' arms grew tired. He grew weary. What I sense in my spirit for some of you is in this season of quarantine and restriction, you're growing tired, you started strong, a lot of ambition. Hey, I'm going I'm to make the most of, of, of this unique opportunity. But as days turn into weeks, we get weary. I think we've moved you know, from fear to frustration. When the virus first started to, to explode and spread, there was a whole lot of fear. And now we've kind of adjusted into this season of frustration. We grow tired. We grow weary. You know, every battle I want you to consider this. Every battle that we fight has an unknown finish line. We don't necessarily know when it's going to end. Moses didn't know how long he would need to hold up his arms. I mean, would he get victory in, in, in 30 minutes? Would it take an hour? Come on, God, you're, you're, you're bigger than anything, anyone. You can do whatever you want. Man, just just snap your fingers. How long am I going to have to keep my hands up? And his hands grew tired Listen, this is why we need community. This is so important. The key to victory is team. Uh, Notice Joshua was in the valley and he was fighting with his men. He had to choose warriors to surround himself with and say, let's go to battle. Joshua had his team in the valley. Moses had his team on the mountain. It was Aaron and her on either side of him. This is critical because you will not win by yourself. Can I say that again? You know, because Christianity is not some isolated, independent, solo ambition. We were built for community. All of us, we long for relationships. And especially in battle, when our arms get tired, we realize, I got to have brothers and sisters around me. Uh, let, let me challenge you in this way every person needs support now or they'll end up on life support later are you with me some of you think of mike i'm not in a fight i'm not in a, a battle right now i'm good well, you know there's something about community that's preventative you know you can't measure prevention but you can measure what happens without it The fallout is huge. If you don't have good people around you in times that it matters most, you're in trouble. I want to encourage you, make some decisions now that you're going to invest yourself into others. This is a unique season that we're in. You know, the pace of life has changed for many of you. And in this slowing down, you now have the opportunity to build relationships That you didn't before because life was so busy before. Busyness wouldn't afford you the opportunity to make investments into others. Well, guess what? You have a chance right now. Teamwork makes the dream work. You cannot do this by yourself. Um, I know we're watching this Michael Jordan documentary. Man, I'm into it. I love MJ, the greatest of all times. He was amazing. Rookie of the year, man, scoring champion, defensive player of the year, all-star MVP. But you know what? He didn't start winning championships until he got a Scottie Pippen. Come on, you got to get a little Dennis Rodman. Even Steve Kerr spot up and shoot that clutch jump shot. Even Jordan, the best of the best, couldn't win a championship without a team. Moses couldn't do this by himself. Joshua in the valley couldn't do it by himself. And the truth is, you and I, we can't do this by ourselves. You know, thinking about the power of team and the importance of community, uh, several months ago, and I got permission to share this, a good friend of mine's name's John, he and his wife and three kids, beautiful family, they've been a part of this church for a long time. I mean, from the early days. And um, on a Monday morning, I got a phone call from John, and he was hysterical. He'd just gotten information, just gotten news that would turn his world upside down. Uh, For a parent, it's your worst nightmare to get a call saying that your child has been in an accident. And John's 16-year-old boy was in an accident, and he didn't survive. And, And when I got the news, I made a couple phone calls, and I headed to his house to see him. And my heart just ached. I mean, I'm telling you, sometimes you don't have to seek out the battle. It'll come and find you. Unexpected, unannounced. I mean, they were devastated. And I remember pulling up to his house that Monday morning. And as I was coming, I saw the state troopers that were leaving. I mean, this was fresh. It was raw. They had just gotten the news of what had happened during the night. And when I walked into the door, I'll never forget what I saw. It was an image that will mark my life forever. And I go in as a pastor to bring comfort and love and just to be there for a friend. And I see John and he is on his knees And one of his closest friends, that's a part of his small group, was on his knees and had his arms wrapped around John. John's arms were were up in the air. Tears were coming down his cheek as he was pouring his heart out to God. And one of his closest buddies in his small group was there just holding him up and praying for him. And and I thought, wow. I I found out afterwards, uh, you know John's first phone call once he found out the news? It wasn't even to his pastor. It was to a small group. He had some guys around him that knew him and loved him, guys that he had invested in. You see, John told me, I called him this week. I said, John, you give me permission to share this. Is this okay? He said, Mike, I, I, I trust you. I know God never wastes any pain. He never wastes a heartache. Some of you have walked through tremendous pain. Some of you parents have lost children and you're still walking in that process of hope and healing. He, he said, Mike, a little did I know That joining a small group was one of the best decisions I would ever make in my life. Now, is it easy? No. Are they still walking a painful road to recovery? Yes. But are they alone? Not for a second. They have the presence of God Almighty, but they have the strength of committed Friends, I saw friends that day surround John. I saw his wife surrounded by friends. And I saw spiritual community at its best. You see, when you're at your worst, community is at its best. What Moses was doing on the mountain, he grew weary and he needed help. The Bible says that Aaron on one side, her on the other, they held his hands steady Until sunset. In other words, the battle lasted all day. All day until the sun was going down. There was still war in the valley. Where's the finish line? We don't know. We don't know how long it's going to last. See, sometimes victory, it doesn't happen in a moment. It doesn't happen in an instant. But when you have friends, you can endure and be faithful in the fight. You see, the battle will find you you got to keep prayer and praise before you. You need good people around you. But then I want you to see this. Let, let's finish this story. Look, look at verse 13. So with, with Aaron and her on either side of, of Moses, the Bible says this, verse 13. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Notice that victory is not just barely. It wasn't a last-second shot. Man, this was an overwhelming, they just destroyed the enemy. Community on the mountain gave overwhelming victory in the valley. The Bible says, after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder. And read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. You see, some of you are fighting battles right now that you think are going to just permanently tattoo your mind for the rest of your life. God's saying, no, no, I'll give you such overwhelming victory that even the pain, you're going to forget about some of that stuff because you're going to be so reminded of my goodness and my peace. Look at what it says here. So, verse 15, finally, Moses built an altar right there. And you know what he named it? He named it Yahweh Nisi which means the Lord is my banner. Here was this permanent reminder. Moses builds this altar, and he calls it Yahweh Nisi. It's interesting phraseology here. I want to give you this final thought. Finally, number four, God's victory will be over you. You keep prayer and praise before you. you got good friends and good people around you. And God's victory will be over you. The Bible says that Moses named this place Yahweh Nisi. The Lord is my banner. The banner over me says something. It says something about God. In fact, it points people to God. Success that day on the battlefield. Joshua couldn't take credit for it. Hey, did you see me? You saw those moves, man. Man, you saw how I got that guy and I had two guys around me and then I did that thing. And remember that? Remember that? Dude, that was awesome, bro. I dominated. That wasn't a conversation. Moses wasn't like, hey, saw me holding that staff up there. I hope somebody got a picture. Can can we post that somewhere on Instagram? man? That's going to get a lot of likes right there. It's called the victory pose. Uh Uh-uh. The battle that day Pointed to the heroics of one individual, and that was God. Yahweh Nisi means, the Lord is my banner. I thought about that. You know, in this season of quarantine, this stay-at-home restriction. I don't know if you've seen in in neighborhoods. The other day, we heard this. It sounded like this fire truck. Man, this big old loud noise. Man, blowing his horn. Fire truck blowing his horn. And so the kids ran to the window. They said, Dad, look at this. So I ran to the window and saw, man, you got a fire truck, and you got about 20 cars lined up behind this fire truck in our neighborhood. I mean, there was some neighborhood parade. I'd never seen that before. I mean, that's cool. What's all the, what's this, what's it about? We didn't know what it was about until it went by our house, and there was this banner that said, like, happy birthday, uh, Amanda. It's seven years old today. We're like, oh, it's a, Amanda's birthday, so you know, kids are hanging out the window, cars honking their horn, neighbors coming out, everybody's celebrating Amanda because she's seven years old. Amanda, we love you. Some of us got the thought, the idea, one of our guys on staff here, Terry, I love Terry Olivier. Man, He's one of the smartest guys, Man, knows the Bible, great teacher over our communications team. He's been on a pursuit to lose weight. And so he's lost, in the last 10 months, he's lost 110 pounds. Man, that's awesome! Some of the guys on the staff they got an idea. Hey, let's celebrate Terry with a parade. So we got our got our signs together. Man, a skinny T. That was my sign, skinny T. Man, it got a big sign. Skinny Terry, skinny Terry, we love you. Uh, Terry was also the dean of students at our Bible college, so we call him the lean dean. I love it, man. Kids, we're all families, man. We're just all excited. We go by his house, blowing our horn. Here comes Terry. It's like, what is this? Neighbors are walking outside saying, who's the skinny guy? What's the deal? What's happening? It was awesome. But, you know, nobody knew why we were there unless they read the sign. The sign gave us the purpose. We're here to celebrate. Something special is happening. We're celebrating Terry. You know, this sign after this battle told everybody something special is happening. And it's all about God. The Lord is our banner. I thought, you know, may the banner over HPC say something to this community. May the banner over your life and your family, you've got a message. I don't know if you realize this or not. You don't have to be a preacher to, to have a message, but may the banner over your life, may the banner over this house, say something to this community. Hey, something is going on here, and it is all about the Lord. I don't want to take credit for anything God's done. Any victory in my life, any success that comes from me, it points back to one person and one person alone, and that's Jesus. And whatever battle you're fighting, whatever struggle you're facing today, I want you to know his banner over you says love. Just like he led the Israelites through the wilderness, every need, every step of the way, God said, I got that, I got that, I got that, I'm taking care of that, this challenge, this issue, I got you. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church.